You're looking pretty scruffy too. <laughs> I'm out of hair product. <laughs> so the hair looks like this. Do I look younger? Do I look younger with my hair down? Uh, yeah, a little. Yeah. I thought I looked like I was in my mid-20s. I meant like here though, you know, you got a little oh, bit of... No, that's not true. I shaved yesterday. Really? Yeah. Oh, I was... Just be the pixelation then of the... It could be. It could be. I was... Here, let me zoom in. Let me, let me get closer okay. to the camera yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah it looks pretty... I'm baby-faced pretty today. Clean. Yeah. Okay, but I, I had a question with this though. Because um, Jenny and I were talking about this the other day. By the other day, it was literally yesterday. Um, I have a beard right now. Um, like a real one, like a full blown beardy beard. What does MGK Not- say? Your beard is weird. <laughs> Which is funny because Lauren says you look like Eminem, and that song is about <laughs> Eminem. So think about this. Think about everybody that you've ever known with a beard, even the ones that like it, the ones that look good in it. You know, has have you? Can you name a single person that when you think about how happy they are? in their life that when they've been happy with a beard and when they've been happy without a beard, do you know anybody who's genuinely been happier and better in their life with the beard compared to without? Yeah. So not personally, I know Alex Ramos, he has a beard. I'm, he's, he makes a lot of money. I feel like he's happy. Oh, okay. But those are two different things, right? Making money and being happy. Not necessarily. He says he's happy. Well, I'd hope so. <laughs> It'd be kind of weird if he's he's got a podcast. He's telling people to be like him, and his whole thing is, you know, I'm not happy. I, I don't think it would go very well. I don't know anybody with a beard that's happy in my life. One, because nobody in my family can grow a beard, and um, two, nobody in my family is happy, regardless of the beard <laughs> situation. <laughs> so. <laughs> My dad's yeah. side is Asian, so like they don't, I mean, they don't grow facial hair, uh, which is where I get my lack of facial hair from. And then my mom's side just doesn't have a lot of dudes, so it, mm-hmm. it's a lot of women. And um, thankfully, they don't grow beards. Yeah, that's good. That's probably so, a good thing. Yeah. No, Zakoe, you brought this up because earlier, before the podcast, we we, we signed on for our, our um, semi-weekly owner's meeting. And his beard is like grown out now. And I was like, wow, life must be rough. <laughs> yeah. Every time life gets difficult, Cody doesn't shave. Yeah. It starts out as an accident. And then this time I actually, like I did upkeep, um, once, like I did, uh, get it back to a better place. And then, you know, it's kept going and now it's a real full blown beard thing. Um, uh, when you so don't I'm have saying, it, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. When you don't, well, this might go on a tangent because you might either get offended or you might find it a compliment, but, uh, Laura and I were watching Spider-Man one with Tobey Maguire, mm-hmm. uh, like 2002 or whatever, 2004. I don't remember, but, uh, I realized that you without a beard look like Tobey Maguire. I'll, I'll take it. I'll you, take you're it like, you're like if Tobey Maguire and Eminem had a baby, <laughs> that's what, <laughs> that's you. And I said it, I, cause there was an, there was a scene where like, where Tobey Maguire was talking and, I was just watching. I was like, oh, my God, that looks like Cody. And then Lauren goes, oh, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah, he's not a bad looking dude. I'll take I'm going to say compliment. All right. Cool. He's, he's kind of funny looking so a little, maybe like just unique, but uh, it's not not necessarily bad. So it was just like the mouth, like the mouth and the nose when he was mm. saying certain things. So I yeah. spent a lot of time looking at your mouth. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, you're right. Uh, and that was my point too, which is uh, 
Yeah, you can. There's definitely a correlation between how well I'm doing and the state of my facial hair, which is that uh, the better things are going in general. I mean, there's there's early stage where it's still fine. Like three day beard thing is is good. I'm happy. That's a good thing. Um, once you go past like two weeks, uh, I'm I'm dealing with. Jenny said it really well. She said um, most people, most guys in that position are probably neglecting something that should otherwise not be neglected uh if they're normal shavers and then they have a beard going on yeah i can see that i'm I'm the same way like but i can't stand growing my beard hair out very i mean i can't it just kind of looks like very long peach fuzz but like i can't grow it out and then be comfortable Sometimes like it, it can look good like growing out, but then like I'm like it's that's not comfy. Like I feel gross. It feels greasy. I feel like you know I feel yeah. itchy. And yeah. that was my point yesterday. So yesterday I shaved and I was like, but it looks kind of good. But I'm like, but it doesn't feel good, and I'm not in a good space mentally. So I want to shave it and feel good. Yeah, yeah, hundred so, uh, percent. We're not in a good space mentally because uh, there's a lot of work to be done at Evergrow. There's a lot of a lot of. Uh, not negative change. There's a lot of change. And, uh, well, honestly, all good. Like we're at, yeah. before this, it was me just complaining. Like I was just having a vent session and all of it's good stuff. Like I'm complaining because it's annoying, but ultimately everything is, is being done in good ways and going in better directions and everything is just improving. So, yeah, it's looking like we're going to have another spring 2021. So, um, and, and I think that's Cody. Cody is like, no, thank you. Yeah. Pass. So, so in a lot of people's minds, that's a very good thing in our minds. We've experienced that. And the amount of work, is just not mentally great. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. (laughs) But no, we, Yeah we get the business to a better place where we're not the ones taking on all of it ourselves, then. Okay. Yeah. Well, for those listeners who are doing things by themselves, um, we wanted to give you some advice on managing your client's ad spend. So this is an awful segue into what, uh, the topic of the podcast was, but I wanted to leave that cold open in the past. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I, we've been seeing, I've been seeing in the groups and the forums a lot that, there's a lot of debate on how to manage ad spend for your clients. So if you do like Facebook uh, ads or Instagram ads or TikTok ads or Google ads, doesn't matter, any kind of ad. And there's a management fee associated with that that you're charging the client as well as actual ad spend that you need to pay the platform. The primary question is who pays for that? Is it you or is it your client? And then if it's you, how do you build a client for that? Um, additionally, on top of that, there's other things like how do you how do you budget the ad spend? So if you do pre-bill like we do, do you, how do you bill for that ahead of time and then spend it? And then if you do post-bill, um, what are some of the guidelines that you keep into place to make sure that whatever you agreed upon with your client, what you're going to spend is that's what's actually spent um, or something close to that? So this episode will probably be mostly led by Cody because this is Cody's job at Evergrow. So um Cody, I want to kick it off with a question to you. Okay. Hit me with it. Who should who should be responsible for the ad spend? The the agency? As as far as paying for the ad spend directly. Should the ads should should the agency's card be on file? Or should the agency be using an ad account the client owns? Well, I'm not gonna say there's one that's right or wrong. We own the accounts 
and then our billing information is on the accounts and that is strategic and on purpose. Some people don't do that and I'm not going to say that's bad to have your clients be paying directly and then they just pay you your management fee. That can work. Um, that's that's fine. What's the most important thing to know, though, is who's legally responsible in those situations, right? Based on your agreement with each other and then wherever you're spending money within the platform. So within Google Ads, it, it comes down to the billing profile, right? So um, and the reason this is the most important and the most critically important is you always have to plan for the doomsday scenario, which is somebody on the team punches in one too many zeros and you overspend 10x the daily budget, 100 times the daily budget, monthly budget, whatever, right? You spend way more money than you have or your client has. Now what? Who's in charge of it? Who's legally responsible? So in our case, we are. We, we set things up that way. So we pre-bill. So uh, clients pay us in advance. And then we spend that money and we are responsible for any doomsday disastrous scenario of overspend. So to, so um, to paint the picture, um, if, if our typical charge is $750 a month and $250 of that is allocated for ad spend, we will bill for April in March for $750. And then we will basically set that $250 aside uh, for ad spend. We will run the campaign on the platform. So in this case, it's Google Ads. And then we will budget to spend $250 in that month and then we'll take the 250 from the 750 that they gave us and then we will apply that to the credit card that we have on file to then cover that ad spend yep, and exactly and so that's that's um with the us owning the ad account with our card in the ad account and then us pre-billing for that amount so <clears throat> and it doesn't have to be a card right? i mean it's it's smart because if you're using the right cards that can be an advantage for you but well, you when can you're do... just when you're just starting out it has to be a card Oh, right. Okay. Yep. Sorry. We're assuming that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you knew, then it has to be. Yeah, um, there, there's two ways to, to pay for ad spend. There's, there's a card on file or there's invoice billing and you only get invoice billing in both Google and Facebook. If you're spelling, if you're spending a lot of money. Yeah. I don't even know, uh, the Facebook rules cause I, I've been disassociated for too long. I can't remember. Uh, I think, I think I could be wrong, but I think Facebook is like 20 grand a month. Really? It's all, I think it's a lot more than Google because Google is what is like 10,000 in three months. Yep. 10K. No, it's, or wait, no. It's, no, 10K it's a month. Five, isn't it? Is, no, it's, geez, I'm blanking on it now, too. I want to say it's, we qualify, like we well over qualify for we, it. We just but. went past it. I don't know. We blew past it. That was the thing is that we were fighting it for so long and then we just went way past it and then it just wasn't a thing anymore. So, um, yeah. And plus, our yeah, it actually makes us money. <laughs> I, I think that's the most critical thing is knowing and identifying and making it clear those legal responsibilities, because, you know, I, I think the people who fight the hardest about this, but they're the people who are talking the loudest with the strongest opinions are the ones who are saying, make sure your client's stuff's in there in case something goes wrong. What? If something goes wrong, it's it's your that's it doesn't mean it's not your problem, right? <laughs> I mean, they might then involve their lawyer to deal with it um, so that you have to tag in um, because you're the one who's who's, you know, they're going to they're going to say it was your responsibility. You were in charge of the budget. 
What did you do? Yeah, so not only are you, you going to have lawyer fees associated with that, but you're probably going to have to pay the ad spend back if you screwed your client over versus if in, in our um, philosophy or in our belief, if, if it's our car file and we overspent, there are no lawyer fees because the client got free ads out of it. We just have to cover the, the overspend. Yeah. So it, it yeah. Could you imagine if you overspent on, on a client on your own money and the client was like, how dare you? I'm going to sue you. <laughs> You're like, excuse me, sir. This is a Wendy's. <laughs> All right. That, so that was one I written down. Um, I do. I, I do want to repeat the title. What we oh, said. Oh, we never this is ways... said the title. Did you? I thought you said you said you said something that sounded very tidy. No, so no. I was just assuming that that will 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 go ahead. Say the title. I was OK. This is what I I'm seeing and tell me if I'm wrong, but it's uh, and I, do we have can I say this number is the number correct? I think so. You, if you, I made, yeah, you said it. You made it up. Uh, well, let me double check. One, two, three, four. Yeah, okay. Five. Yeah. Yeah. five ways to manage client ad spend like a pro. Yeah. Yeah. Like us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do. Before we moved on, though, to the to your second point, I do want to mention, and, and we might have a whole episode on this, but if you if you use your credit card to manage ad spend, there are credit cards out there where you actually do get rewards for spending specifically on ad spend and media spend. So if you're like us, and what are we spending a month? Like 20,000 $20, a month, I think? Mm, I'd have to... A little under right now. I mean, yeah. It's, it's now November. So Oh, yeah. So our, our niche landscaping and lawn care has seasonal peaks. So like in, you know, this April and May, we're spending like 60 grand a month. But then like now we're at 20K a month in the winter and it's just part of the industry. Um, we, because we do that, we put it on a credit card that has uh, rewards for media spend. And so we basically were able to pay that off immediately. So it doesn't incur interest. And um, like I flew where we were able to fly myself and Lauren out to Kentucky for an expo, all expenses paid, including the hotel and everything just because of the rewards on that credit card. So, um, and there's still like an ass load of rewards, uh, for yeah. traveling purposes. So, I mean, it could, it can, it's likely going to get Cody and Jenny out to Japan for free. So we'll have an all episode on that eventually, but it's, it's not worth covering in this episode. If you want to hear more about it, let us know and we'll cover it sooner or else we're going to put it on the back burner. Yeah. Let us know. All right. What's your next cool. one? So, okay. Okay. Re recap legally responsible. Yep. No, who's legally out, responsible. Figure, figure out who is that. Then, then if you're, um, if you want the less, least amount of legal problems, uh, we would suggest having your card on file or make it clear in an agreement. Yeah. Yeah. Or that I would suggest this isn't legal advice though. <laughs> <laughs> this is an opinion. Um, all right. The second one, this should seem obvious. I hope that people are doing this. Um, but use, use a daily budget tracker. So we just hired a new team member and, uh, I was showing her what it means to do budget pacing, which is where you, you know, you do your check-in, you see how you're pacing for the month. If you're using a monthly campaign, it's not monthly. It doesn't matter. I mean, you pick whatever the duration of your campaign is, and then you just see how you're pacing according to goal. And then you, you know, you keep track and you update the budgets as needed to make sure that you're spending how you should be um, on, on track for what the campaign needs. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be hard. You can have a Excel document. You can have a Google sheet. Um, there are, um, ones out there like soft super metrics, for example, is a popular one that helps automate it. Um, but the most important thing is just having one and, 
you know, what I, what I mean by that is so in, within your sheet, you've got, here's what the budget is for the duration. Here's how much we've spent so far in the month. Here's how many days are left in the month. And because of that, what the remaining budget, and then how far are we from being on track at this point in the month? Are we over? Are we under? What kind of corrections need to be made here so that things are pacing correctly? If you want to be fancy, use, you can use conditional logic. I think um, Lisa had always used um, 5% over, 5% under. And then, you know, if it was outside of those um, areas, then it would flag with the color that would then warn her, um, hey, you got to pay attention to this account because things aren't pacing correctly. It flagged but, it within Google Ads? Uh, not within Google Ads, just within the... Um, oh, it within the... Within the sheet. In so. The sheet. Um, yeah, so like it would did, be red. Did, did the sheet update? Was it like synced to Google Ads? No, um, because we uh, so Supermetrics is one that does that. Um, uh-huh. I I think the easiest thing you could do is to say you have within Google Ads, for example, you have your manager account, you have your account list. If you want to make it very simple, make your tracker the account list in the same order, and then every day just download your current spend as a CSV copy your your spend numbers and then paste them in there in the same order it'll take you three minutes i feel like we have to have like a like a crash course on this or like we could give away our uh <laughs> our sheet for doing this um so does she check budgets every day um most how, days what, wait, yeah is that the yeah. is that the frequency then just like well and how much is how much time would you say that takes to do it every day i mean I, if this is your job if you're an agency that either you're you have a lot of accounts spending media spend or you're you have somebody this is their job within the agency what you should be doing every morning as you go you you get your coffee you get your tea whatever it is you log in and then this is the first thing that you do this is this is your check-in is Mm -hmm. and this is just the the job of a a media spend account manager is you log in you see how you're pacing and I mean, it, it depends on the day, right? Um, it can, but I think just plan for up to an hour every day of logging in, checking that and make sure that everything's in good shape. Does, uh, doesn't Google already have like checks though? Like it, it's not going to spend over a certain percentage of your budget in a month, right? Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they, they say that, right? So I, I never remember the formula because it doesn't matter. Right. They say, you know, when you when you update the budget, multiply by thirty point four, and then it won't spend more than that within the next uh, over the course of a month. But the problem is when you update that, the month no longer applies as to the month as you think of it, right? Because they're now going thirty days out from that time from when you update it right then and there. So it's no longer helpful unless like you're using like lifetime budgets, though, right? Like lifetime no. budgets for like a, or not like daily budgets. No, I mean, so even if you use daily budgets, the only time that this will work in the ideal way that you want it to is say you flip ads on at the very beginning of the first day of the month and you never update the budget again, Mm -hmm. right? Then you'll get to the end of the month and it should be on track. But Uh if you update it once while you're in there to a different, you know, amount, then the algorithm starts over like the whole. Exactly. uh, So that's why you need to be checking in frequently. Um, Otherwise, it can get out of control. How much does something like Supermetrics cost? Oh, man. Um, I'm on their website and I was trying to look at it and I'm like, this is too confusing. I just want to know what is, thing you're it talking is confusing. about. I'm blanking. Last I checked for something like budget pacing, I want to say between $50 and $200 a month. I can't remember. Pass. It's been... <laughs> <laughs>
Um, Cody and I are notoriously don't spend money on marketing stuff. <laughs> um, I I was at uh, I've been in environments where it was normal to use these things, and by these things I mean the fancy tools, the softwares that you pay for that help do this. Um, when I went to Spin Tech, they weren't using any of it, and at first I was like, "What? What is happening? How are you guys living? This is crazy. It'd be so hard to do this." You get used to it, and then you realize that oh, maybe the tools weren't as uh, you know, as helpful as you thought, and maybe you didn't actually need them. So, sounds like a theme we've talked about before. <laughs> well, the last episode, literally one episode ago. Um, um, I had another question, but I forgot it. Because uh, I'm learning, I'm learning some of this too. Because you're in the ad accounts, uh, and I, oh, um, it's not a question; it's more of a statement, more of an observation mm-hmm. that budget pacing is really most applicable for Google search ads. For like display based campaigns like uh, like well Google Display and even like Facebook ads, if you're doing uh, well Facebook and LinkedIn, they build by impression. So even if you're doing like a lead, a lead or a click campaign, it's still impression based. You just have high CPMs and low CPCs. But um, I don't think you have to do as much budget pacing in Facebook, LinkedIn, or like Display because yeah, see, it's, it's not demand it's not demand driven. Um, um, charges it's it's they're pushing ads out so if they need to bill you a penny for an impression they'll push an impression out yeah no okay i see exactly what you mean yeah it's um it's about the audience right where what your reach potential is and when it's higher such, such as with um video or display um generally right um i'm gonna say like something like remarketing you'll watch a little bit more closely because that you're you've severely constricted what your deliverability is but yeah no you're you're right as in comparatively when you have those sorts of campaigns going you're not going to have near as much um fluctuation throughout the month um as you do see with something like search and even with search depending on the bidding strategies that you're using it can also vary strongly too we just had a talk with our google rep about that where i said look we can test some of these things but if if any of these end up throwing off pacing in a way that's too unpredictable for us, we just can't do it because it doesn't work in an agency setting then. Yeah. It's no longer like scalable at that point. Yep. So cool. All right. Um, okay. So recap number two, use a daily budget tracker and check it daily. Right. Um, assuming things are in good shape, you're good on the weekend. Um, but with the exception being, which is my third point, um, The beginning and the end of the month require more time for monthly accounts. Both you and your team should know that. So what I mean by that is as the owner, if you have employees, team members who you're hiring minions, yes, to do this role, they need to know and have the expectation that, hey, at the beginning of the month, you're front loading your time and you also have to pay more attention towards the end of the month too, right? Um, they need to expect that because sometimes that might include Saturdays and Sundays. And if you don't want to do those days, then they have to do the pre-work to prevent checking in on those days, right? Um, that also means in the middle of the month, you can put your feet up a little bit if everything's in good shape. If things are pacing correctly, if you're getting your target cost per acquisition or ROAS targets, right? If everything's performing well, it's not a bad thing to put your feet up then. That means you're doing a good job. So I say that because... The team should know that the people in the accounts should expect that stress 
then also not be stressed in the middle of the month if things are going well that they feel like they should be doing things because they already did it. You know, if you don't do it, then you are doing a lot of catch up work in the middle of the month. That's the the punishment, I guess you could say. So those people should know it. But then at the same time, management, the people who aren't in there doing it, if they're just watching and seeing this, they shouldn't be shocked by any of this either. When they see people managing the ad accounts at the beginning and the end of the month, they're confused. Like, why are you working so hard or why are you spending so much time on this? They have to. That's the point. And then also, if they're doing nothing in the middle of the month, don't beat them up. That's their job, right? They've earned it if they've gotten towards the middle and everything's in good shape. Mm -hmm. So managing media accounts is similar to being a financial advisor. If you're, if you're good at it and you're doing a good job, then you do get to relax for a second. Isn't that's point not that you, a bad thing. It's the point that you made when you jumped from the SEO team to the SEM team. You're like, why, why did the SEM team get to work less and make more money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I did it, right? It's, it's nice because... It's stressful at first. You're doing a lot more with the calculator. You're crunching a lot more numbers. Um, you, you, the first, you know, few months you're going to sleep like, well, what if something, you know, did I push the right buttons? What if something happens overnight? And then you just get accustomed to the stress and it's, you know, um, it doesn't freak you out as much anymore, but that that's why they make more money. If you were an, if you were a new agency owner and, and forget all your beliefs about starting a business or an agency. If you were a new agency owner, this is what you wanted to do for some reason. And you didn't know any marketing. You didn't know SEO. You don't know paid ads or anything. But you were willing to sit there and learn it before you started the agency. Would you rather learn SEO and sell that as a service or learn Google Ads and PPC or paid media in general and sell that as a service? I'd go into ads. Is it for the same reason that you work less and get paid more? Not just that. You're also dealing with less competition because other people are thinking the same thing of, well, this is hard. This is scary and this is intimidating and I'm not comfortable going into this yet. Everybody will start at SEO. So that's who you're up against is everybody else. Not everybody's willing to jump into ads. So mm -hmm. if you're willing to do that and you know, early on, if, especially if you're going from zero, you've got nothing, you have nobody to teach you, that that's the time to work for free, right? Just manage their ad spend you'll learn yourself how to get good at the platforms. Well, but, and every, and every platform out there has a free course that you can take on how to run ads on that platform professionally. Like mm -hmm. it, a little bit of it is kind of a little bit of like cool lady, like selling you, you know, the things that they want you to, to do. And, and that's fine to start out with, but eventually, you know, you gotta, you gotta also learn whether or not like they're pulling a fast one on you. Like if you take the Google ads certification, uh, like the Google, yeah, the Google ad certification courses, they're going to promote performance packs like crazy. Yeah, it's and, straight propaganda. Yeah. And right now performance packs sucks and it could be different in the future and with how well AI is progressing, like performance packs could be great, but right now it's terrible. And the only people that are going to know that are people who not only run them, but have run them for a long time and also tested other things manually without performance packs um, like Cody. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is remember to keep testing them. Um, we, we've got a test going on right now. That's surprising me. Uh, it's something that we tested a couple of years ago that totally tanked. And then we said, we try it again and now it's doing a lot better. So, um, yeah, sometimes they're, uh, they're, they're propagandas, like propaganda that catches up with them later. <laughs> like they, they put out the, the news about it to get the hype up and then they actually catch up performance wise, um, to make it actually as good as they say that it is later on. So. Um, so yeah, number three, um, just know 
both you and your team that at the beginning and end of the month, they're more time intensive. And that is okay. That's a good thing. And that's how it should be if if you're doing monthly accounts. All right. Number four. This is my favorite. I guess this one only applies to um, Google Ads. I don't even know if Bing has this. Wait, does why Facebook only have it too? Yeah, Facebook has automated rules for sure. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, it's, I've been so, it's been so long since yeah. I've been in there. The other <laughs> I like, platforms. I like, like how I like how you didn't even say what it was, but then I was like, no, 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 automated rules. <laughs> like I just like, <laughs> I totally stole your thunder and what number four was. Ah, uh, you're fine. Um, yeah, and some of the other platforms. Here's the thing. Um, I don't get hyped about Facebook uh, just because I picked between the two. I picked Google. And then now if it's I'm more hyped about new platforms, the up and comers, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, in those there, there usually aren't as much of these sorts of things. But so even just with Google ads, though, um, yes, use automated rules. Um, they're great. You want to prevent disaster scenarios that prevent the doomsday problem. Use automated rules. We have them in our at our MCC. So at our manager level, we have rules that run every hour that says if any campaign exceeds this amount, shut it down and let us know, right? Because we know what that cap should be across the, the entire board. And if there are exceptions, then we'll have to go in and change that. But um, at least that prevents a, a complete um, bomb from going off, you know, where we're spending 100000 or something like that. So, yeah, there's other things that you can do with automated rules, too. Um you can, if you're doing holiday stuff where things are seasonal, you want to use labels to flip on certain ads at certain times. Um, but if nothing else, just for making sure that, you know, you don't have the doomsday problem. Automated rules are great. Um, yeah, I believe Facebook's automated rules are even better than Google's because Facebook has automated rules to where if you spend so much money in like a certain time frame that it'll actually just shut the ad off and alert you. Um, so cool. This would have been like super helpful for one situation I ran into uh, like a year or so ago where someone had set the um, someone was setting a budget for a lifetime. And it was like I think the lifetime was like a thousand or something like that, like thousand bucks um, for the month. But instead of setting a lifetime budget, they set a daily budget of a thousand bucks. And that went on for 13 days before it was caught. So $13,000 spent, you're not getting that back. <laughs> so uh, if you had the automated rule in place, that was like, don't spend more than this in a certain amount of time. As soon as it hit that threshold, it would shut it off, despite what your campaign was set up to do, if, if that automated rule was on the account level. So um, those are really, if, if you have those account level automated rules, they'll really save you from you know, minions or even you making a mistake in one specific campaign or ad group. Jeez, that's a lot of money. That's another reason you use daily budget tracker, right? If you're checking daily, then you're not going to run into that. Yeah. We had like, we had like six to seven months of just like comp ad spend that we just paid for in our card. That's a lot of money. (laughs) It was, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. I guess you do run into the problem too. of People are, probably thinking well if i use a daily budget tracker but it's cross-platform what do i do when you get to that point then that might be a time where you want to look at you know the legitimate quote i'm putting i'm air quoting legitimate tools you're talking about Um, cross-platform like they just give you like like okay idea you they give you a thousand dollars for ad spend and you do like google ads and microsoft ads and like yeah part of your package yeah um i mean even 
regardless of whether you're moving the money freely or not, but you just want to have one place where you can see all of that, you can see both platforms just with one view, then that's when you might want to look at professional tools that do that sort of aggregating for you. Again, I know that you can do it with Supermetrics. They're one of them. It's not going to be pretty. Some other ones are prettier, um, but just depends what's important to you. Yeah. Evergrow, cool. the, the kings of being ugly. <laughs> Dude, everything we did for so long was so ugly. Yeah. Which is crazy because you're like, you're the one that made everything beautiful. At least not like, not like graphic designer, but like organized and structured. And I just, I didn't expect that from you. <laughs> it's very backhanded. I like it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, dude. Codacy.com is ugly. Hey, that's it is, but it's like that on purpose. <laughs> you go to jakehunley.com and versus codacy.com and like just night and day, but the content on codacy.com is just like phenomenally better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked uh, Zen Habits. I don't know if he's still writing, but it's similar concept. There's just not much to it, very minimalist. Um, I think it's it's a little bit of a irony compared to everything else that's going on. So maybe that's why I like it is because when everything else is on fire, it's nice to just look at and know, hey, there's not a lot going on here. There's no distractions. It's so simple that you can't, you know, can't do anything but focus. But, mm-hmm. Okay, so that's number four. Use automated rules. Last one, um, as far as managing client ad spend like a pro, this isn't even really a tactic it's just some honest advice which is like long-term honesty is better than short-term profits and i say this all the time this is how i I phrase it is just look don't light money on fire your clients aren't dumb right once you get to know platforms and you know the levers and the switches that you can do that spend money uh and you don't get anything from it they they built it in so that the prop i mean they want profits Everybody, every single one. It doesn't matter. You can say Google, you can say Facebook, you can say Twitter, right? They all want to make money and more money from ads. So they have ways of just spending the money on ads. Um, And be honest with your clients because it works out better in the long run. Just be honest and transparent. We, We got a franchise and really the number one thing that sold with them was we taught them that we could take what they're spending on ads. They could pay us with our management fee and spend less money on the platform combined. And they'll still get more than what they're doing themselves because of how much money is just being lit on fire. So when you learn the platform, that's just from um, ignorance though. Like that isn't from knowing how to spend the money. That's just, that's just ignorance of um, Google says I should do this. I'm going to do this. And then like Google, they throw their money in a burn pit that they think is an investment. Yep. Yeah. So once you learn the platforms, you know, you know what works, you know what doesn't. Um, and you know your client's goals because you should, you should know what's important to them too. So based on that, you you become the advisor and you have to tell them very truthfully what you feel, comfort- feel confident will work um, when it comes to spending their budget on the platform to achieve their goals. And just be transparent about it too. We we are painfully transparent when it comes to client budgets. We'll say, look, this is what we think you can spend. We, we do refunds when we have to. Um, like, hey, we weren't able to spend this, so we're giving it back. Um, and not just that. Like, we charge a 15% fee on, on ad spend that's over a certain amount. That's over their management fee. We'll refund that too. 
because we just ha- we just recently had this with one of our uh, accounts where um, their budget was eight hundred bucks a month. We spent five hundred. So um, I think this one we just rolled it under, or we we rolled it over to the next month. But then we refunded the uh, the management portion of it over the five hundred management fee. Yeah, right? did we do that? E- oh, in that case, we refunded the whole thing as a credit. Oh, so that okay. it would apply on the next, but yeah. So I'm wrong. I'm wrong, but we did, but but yeah, we even sacrificed profits. I mean, technically, some agencies out there. Well, you've explained this to me, but before some agencies have like a light of money on fire button, so it's like they didn't spend the ad spend. So you know, open the floodgates and just spend it. it doesn't matter where the ads go or how they perform, just spend it. Yeah, I mean, so something with Google Ads could be as simple as like, oh, we're going to temporarily opt into the display network with the search campaigns. So that we can lift the cap on uh, impressions and you no longer impression need demand. Share. You just push it out. <laughs> Make open the open the floodgates for demand to exist. And it's that. I mean, it's, the other side then says, "Look, the demand's there. We just weren't open to that part, and you know now we are." And I don't know. It's I don't want to get that deep into it. My point is. If you're good at this and you know what you're doing with the ad spend and you know what you're doing on these platforms, then be honest and transparent about what you think is going to work. And that includes like cost per acquisition or ROAS goals. So um, normally when clients say we want to spend more money, we we give them the heads up that, look, this isn't a linear scaling thing, right? If you want to, if you want more, you're going to pay more too your cost per acquisition will continue to go up. You'll still get more from it, right? It's not going to totally light your money on fire, but be prepared and know that getting more costs more. So you will have to pay more per lead as you spend more money. So, and that you can do your best projections and estimations, but you can't guarantee anything. Yeah. So the KPIs thing is a good point. And if you're newer to this podcast, go back to episode 44 where we talk about establishing KPIs for your clients. Because if a KPI for your client, and this is true in the media industry, so if you ever run ads or do marketing for um, like magazines or publications, they they sell a lot of their clients on impressions and not actual engagement, which is I know very counterintuitive to what most people are used to. So for them. Selling impressions is is a KPI, and that's really easy to deliver. Um, and it's and you, if we wanted to sell impressions, the sky is the limit for budget, um, because then you just open it for Google Ads. We just go to broad match, and then boom, like suddenly we're showing up for everything. Um, if you're on Facebook, it's just super easy. You don't have to worry about serving to people, or you know, you don't have to worry about paying for spots like in the newsfeed. You can go to the right side banner, or um, like partner articles or whatever, and get really cheap impressions. Uh, when if, if you're cost per acquisition or cost per lead focused, then you've got to be, you know, your budget's going to be a lot more lower or a lot more low, a lot lower, a lot. It's going to be a lot lower because now you actually have to show up in prime real estate to the prime audience um, and, and have the right message to deliver to them when they're either searching or in market so they can convert. And that's a lot smaller audience than just getting in front of eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, okay, so, that's all fine. You wanna, that's fine. Uh, want to recap? Yep. One, know who's legally responsible when it comes to billing in your media accounts. Two, use a daily budget tracker so you keep track and know what's happening on the daily. Three, uh, expect the beginning and the end of the month, if assuming that you're doing monthly uh, monthly budgets. 
that they will be more time intensive and that is okay and good thing. Uh, four, use automated rules. They're great. They will make your life easier. Uh, five, long-term honesty is better than short-term profits. So do not light your client's money on fire, either accidentally or intentionally, but especially not intentionally. And, and that is five ways to manage client ad spend like a pro. I feel rusty. I'm like, I haven't really, I don't think I've led one or had like the topic that I was coming to this for a while. So felt kind of, yeah, I want to do 5.5 and, um, use a credit card that gets you rewards on ad spend. That's an opinion that, you know, you don't have to do it that way, but yeah. So, uh, well, I think we'll just end it there. We'll have this be a little shorter episode and, um, yeah, I guess we'll catch you in the next one guys. Cool. See you.